0: Welcome to the Homesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for March 13th, 2022. It is the second Sunday in Lent. Join me in our call to worship. If God is a hen, we are under God's wing. If God is a table, we each have a seat. If God is a house, We are safe from the storm. If God is a party, we're invited to dance. If God is a melody, our names are the lyrics. If this is God's house, then all are welcomed. All are loved. All belong. Let us worship holy God.
1: From the past time. Where we can receive what we need to increase. Our justice and God's peace.
2: Let us pray.
0: When the Pharisees tried to stop Jesus, Jesus said, I will keep on. I will keep on healing. I will keep on teaching. I will keep on preaching. I will keep on flipping the tables of injustice. I will keep on treating every person like a child of God. I will keep on believing that this world can change. I will keep on and keep on and keep on until God's promised day. Thank you, God, for Jesus, who loved us so much. God, this life of ours is full to the brim. Our days are overflowing with emails and to-do lists, schedules and notifications, assignments and deadlines. We watch too much of the news and spend too little time in prayer. We give too much energy to anxiety and spend too little time sheltering under your wing. We wake up feeling behind, we go to sleep worrying about tomorrow, and we know there has to be more than this. So we pray, bend down and show us the way, leave breadcrumbs in the street, point us toward awe and wonder, guide us to intimacy and trust Gift us with laughter that will make us cry and hope that will make us feel alive. We want a new kind of full to the brim. Show us the way. We are listening for your cues. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Our scripture today is Luke thirteen thirty-one through 35 At that very hour some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. He is in a hurry, it seems. He is on a mission, and he is letting nothing stand in his way. If you look earlier in the chapter, you will see that Jesus is healing. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is traveling from one town to the next, all the while moving steadily onward. He heals a woman with a spirit of infirmity that has kept her bent over for 18 years. He does this openly in a synagogue on the Sabbath. He must have known this would bring the wrath of the establishment down around him, but he cares more about the suffering woman than he does the angry leaders. And he keeps traveling. Along the way, he tells the wonderful parables of the mustard seed and the hidden yeast. And he keeps traveling. Verse 22 sums it up. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. It was an inexorable march. And then some Pharisees come up behind him and tap him on the shoulder or tug on his sleeve. They lean in, intensely whispering in his ear, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. What is their motive? We don't know. Perhaps they were seriously concerned about Jesus' welfare. There were many Pharisees. Not all would have been Jesus' enemies. Perhaps they had heard a rumor. Perhaps they had decided to tip Jesus off as to what kind of danger he was in. On the other hand, they may have been just trying to warn him off to get him to go underground. Perhaps they did not want him near Jerusalem during the Passover for their own reasons. We really do not know. But it really doesn't matter, because Jesus did not react the way they thought he should. He did not turn aside from the road to Jerusalem. He did not go into hiding or try to put greater distance between himself and his enemies. Instead, he said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to slow him down. Nothing was going to keep him from his task. Besides all that, it is obvious that he knew what would happen to him if he kept on his course. His reference to the third day is a reference to the resurrection. And he knew that he was going to Jerusalem, like other prophets before him, to be killed. But then, Jerusalem... Has he just caught sight of the city? Are his eyes filled with tears? We can almost hear the emotion in his voice as he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing." Jerusalem, that shining city on the hill, that city of the glorious temple mount where God has gathered his people together for generations, but also Jerusalem, the site of sorrows, where the prophet Isaiah was sawn in half by King Manasseh, Jerusalem where even now bombs explode and bullet holes pockmark the ancient buildings, Jerusalem, the site of so much sorrow. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed for you! How often have I desired to gather your children! This is no memorized verse, no rote song. No, this is Jesus' heart cry. This is the heartbroken cry of one who has longed for the children of this holy city to come to him to be comforted and protected. This is the sorrow of one rejected by those he loves best. This is God's story. God again and again has called to those beloved ones, has embraced them, blessed them, sheltered them under wings of comfort and protection. And again and again, those loved ones rejected God's love. They turned their backs. They rebelled. No matter how great the shepherd's love, no matter how divine his intentions, the sheep turned their own way. And still it goes on. No matter that the hen will do anything to protect and shelter her chicks, the chicks reject her sheltering wings. But God never gives up. We turn away. God pursues us. We reject God. God reaches out to us again and again and again. No matter what we humans do, God longs for us, yearns for us to come home. I do not understand the rebellion in my own soul. I do not understand how we humans can turn to hatred or to anger or to despair or to pipe dreams of self sufficiency instead of turning toward the love God offers. But we do. And still God comes. Still God invites. Still God seeks us, longs for us, weeps for us, wants us to come home. It is simply the heart and character of God to do these things, for God to long to gather us as a hen gathers her chicks, as a mother holds her beloved children. God invites us to that embrace. There is a wonderful poem written by the 17th century English poet George Herbert that describes the dynamic so very well. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful? Oh, my dear, I cannot look on thee. God's invitation to us is to sit down and eat. We are invited to sit, to rest, to abide in God's love and embrace. The invitation is to recognize the coming of God to us, to perceive the longing, seeking, and searching of God. It is the invitation to hear in a new and fresh way the promises of God and of God's love for us. We are invited to move beyond our fear, beyond our own resistance or guilt or shame or rejection, to move beyond all these things to the love, to the grace, to the forgiveness, to the mercy of God. The words spoken by Jesus as he saw Jerusalem are also deeply personal words for you and for me jerusalem jerusalem how i longed for you how often have i desired to gather you to myself god longs for us god desires to gather us god seeks us god calls us home let us pray thank you gracious god for loving us for longing for us, for seeking us. Help us to receive your love and enter your compassionate embrace. Break down the walls of resistance and rejection that keep us from you. Fill our souls to the brim with your loving presence. Keep us in your mercy and hide us under your wing for your tender mercy's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. benediction. As you leave this place, may you be awestruck by the beauty of this world. May you laugh, and may it be contagious. May you overflow with love for those around you. May you be effusive with hope and quick to point out joy. And in all of your living and breathing and being, may you find yourself full to the brim with God's Holy Spirit, And may it change your life. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go in peace, full to the brim. Amen.